ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to these go to eleven. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutch are joining me today. Greg, what's going on, dude? Hey, man, I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm with you, but remotely. Yes. Uh, but dude, like you've always told me that I have the perfect face for radio. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the perfect the perfect face for podcasting. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's kind of weird, dude, to be with you like this, not in person. I, I know. Want our audience to know our friendship is well intact. Yes. Uh, this is more to do with schedule today, and plus, if our listeners can hear, Nathan sounds pretty uh, snotty, drippy over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've developed some weird summer head sinus cold thing, so it's probably probably better that uh you know that you're not here. I was doing a podcast yesterday uh, with Steve and was just kind of you know doing the uh, hold off. I don't you know not not that I'm being antisocial, but you know. Don't want yeah. to get you sick, so. Yes, you're doing the, uh, the, you know, were you hitting the cough button? Because that's what professional radio podcasters do. Yeah, well, you know what's uh, funny is that I didn't develop start developing a cough until later last night. It was just more of the sinus uh, yeah. thing yesterday. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes today. I've been coughing a little bit, but it hasn't been it hasn't been bad. So we'll see if it's just going to be the sinus today or not. And dude, aren't summer colds? We were talking about that in church. They're the worst. Yes, yes. Uh, it's something. I don't know when you got a cold like that. It, I need it to be cold outside. Yeah, you know, you got your heat cranked inside. You're wrapped up in a blanket, drinking hot tea, and something about feeling like you would in February when it's 93 degrees outside is yeah disconcerting. Yeah. Well, and I feel like I feel like they dissipate faster in the summer th- or in the winter than they do in the summer. In I the agree. They linger. In yeah, the yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's rough, man. But um, yeah, that's why. But it's not just that. My schedule today was a little hectic uh, yep. and uh, crazy. And I figured, Nathan, I guess this is my kind of official swan song. Yeah. Um, but as we say, it's a uh, not a goodbye, but. Uh, See you later. Yeah. Um, yeah. See you later. Long term uh, sabbatical. We'll have you on and off. I think uh, the one we did on the 4th of July, Steve and I said, you know, you guys are almost flipping positions. Steve's right. coming on as the, you know, the full time co host, and you're going to come in as the, you know, the part time co host. Yes. Yes. As the, uh, so uh, just we'll call me the B team. That's right. Um, Steve has joined the A team. He's Mr. T or uh, you know whatever one of those guys' names were. Murdoch and uh, Murdoch was the crazy one, wasn't he? Murdoch, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's who I couldn't think of. That's yeah. And I'll uh, I'll just be on the uh, on the B team. But no, I'm I'm so excited for the future of these go to eleven. And uh, I mean, you and Steve are going to do great. You already have, and uh, you know, Steve was. uh, We've had great hosts. You know, we've had guests. Guests. We've had Matt uh, Smith and. Dave Shive and Jeff Krotz, but uh, there's no doubt that Steve, because of his schedule and proximity, yep. could do more. And he's just uh, we we we've got a ton over the last two years yes. of shout outs for Steve Hartland. So uh, I'm I'm glad, man. You guys are going to have this thing in great hands, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to enjoy listening in. Awesome. Um, and uh, probably at times saying, man, I wanted to be at uh, that yeah. one. <laughs> but dude, I think now you got to save me for the heavy duty theologically complex topics like stranger things too that's right <laughs> um yeah. hey ben of course you know my son ben his only reaction when i told him i was stepping back from the podcast for a while was 
Dad, what about Stranger Things 2? <laughs> <laughs> he is clearly waiting to uh, to get a chance. He's chomping at the bit to talk about that again. But I said, well, that what is that? Isn't that Halloween? That's I think that Halloween, yeah. Yeah, that's Halloween. So, so probably, probably sometime in uh, – in November, maybe December, uh, you yeah, know, absolutely. we'll we'll get you, you know, we'll get the both of you on, and we'll do a Stranger Things too. That would be so. fun, man. That would be fun. I'm dying to see um, to to see that because again, dude, that's that's my jam. I I'm tracking uh, through my life story with those kids' age because I already saw the only little bit they show you is the kids are dressed up in their Ghostbusters yep. attire. Yep, because that came out in summer of '84. So by uh, yeah, by Halloween of '84, I bet that was a popular uh, costume for for kids at that age. I saw that movie like 30 times when it came out. Oh yeah, um, I loved it, man. So uh, yeah, those big topics, uh, you know, will will cover. Now, um, uh, Greg, before we uh, move into anything else, because this is your last one, I would like you to do the final uh, shout out. Well, your final shout out to Mission Aware. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? It's a joy. My final official shout-out to Mission Aware. Folks, if you haven't checked out Mission Aware by now, what is wrong with you? No, that's too strong. <laughs> uh, Mission Aware, W-E-A-R.com. Uh, I'm sure most of our listeners by now are somewhat familiar with them. Uh, the coolest products under the sun. Uh, you want uh, things emblazoned with scripture verses, reformation themes, Calvin, Luther, Knox, Spurgeon, just throw out your favorite teacher thinker from the past and uh, they'll get you set up. Poster, beer stein, coffee mugs. Dude, again, I keep talking about it. The Yeti mug has changed my life. Uh, this morning, I am, uh, I'll try to send a picture of it, Nathan, uh, where, where I am, but I am drinking coffee out of my Yeti mug with the These Go to 11 logo. Nice. Delicious. Uh, I think the coffee tastes better in Mission Aware products. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how they've been able to pull that off, but um, love it, man. And I'll tell you what, I've had I've taken it to the pool with me because you can use hot or cold drinks, and I've had people ask me, "Hey, what is that? Is that a Spinal Tap thing?" <laughs> <laughs> Not really, right? It's uh, and then I tell them, I said, "Hey, check out Mission Aware, man, because uh, terrific, terrific products." Um, go check out anything that they've got. Of course, you can look at our line if you type in podcast or these go to 11 we share some uh, great stuff with other podcasts and uh or anything you want there at all uh you know put in uh, the word sustain yep and you get a great discount awesome now uh greg let me ask you spider-man homecoming came out over the weekend yeah. have you had a chance to go see it yet yes i did nice. and dude i loved it wasn't it good dude i mean here's the thing I was worried. I felt the same about Wonder Woman because it, it I almost hate now in this in this uh, you know instant age where you know that okay there's a 94 94% consensus on Rotten Tomatoes right. that it's a great movie. I'm like, "Oh man, now my expectations are high." So they they went in really really high on Spider-Man. Yeah. Um and dude, I'd say they met if not even slightly exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Yeah, they did a very good job at not doing another origin story, not doing another reboot. Uh, yes. Picks up, you know, uh, you, you see a little bit of uh, the Civil War where he comes in in Civil War. And then that was great. This picks up, I, I think it's what, two months after Civil War? 
is I where it so, officially yeah. picks up and um, really good setup, tying it into previous years in the Marvel universe, um, yep. setting up the villain and, you know, just kind of working things together. And so, yeah, just, you know, didn't disappoint the end credit scenes. Uh, if you haven't oh, seen it, were- stay for the end credit scenes. Totally worth it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, dude, they were, uh, they were great. And I'm so with you. I, I think it was a brilliant move because this is now what the third. And do you know, dude, were the previous two franchises also done by Sony? Uh, yes. They're the ones that, um, I believe they're the ones that own the rights to, uh, to Spider-Man. That's what I thought. So if you think about it, this is Sony's third attempt or second reboot, however you want to phrase it. And, uh, I liked them all for what they were. I really did. Um, but it was a brilliant move to, to not, dare I say, bore us with perhaps the most famous, well-known origin story of a superhero. Yeah. Um, cause they covered it, didn't they? Like in a line or two, uh, when he's talking to his friend, Ned. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. I was bit by a radioactive spider. Right. Uh, and it was kind of like, you know, not that they, I'm sure they, the writing was so good. Uh, you know, I'm sure the creators would have had a, a engaging way to do it right but come on we we saw it with toby mcguire we saw it with andrew garfield we've seen it on every tv iteration they've ever done every comic book you've ever read so i almost thought you know by by introducing him in civil war uh you're already excited to see him enter the mcu you don't need to go back and tell that story so i was really glad they didn't yeah um yeah i gotta be honest dude a friend that was there with us when he saw it made a good point it was kind of refreshing not to get the whole harry osborne melodrama yes <laughs> uh, not, not that that didn't work in its own way in its own time but it was just dude he's exactly what you picture from the the, the 15 year old kid yeah. um and my sense nathan if you've read about this i'm sure you have is that everything that i'm reading says when they get through the next two Avengers movies that'll hit back to back starting next summer and, and the one after yep. that Spider-Man two will, will come out two months after that final Avengers that they're, they're really, I think it was brilliant timing because I think it's pretty clear, not that we'll know if those Avengers all get killed off or they disappear. But I think most of these guys that have been doing this for a decade yeah. are ready to wind it down that they've poised Spider-Man to be the kind of new main guy moving the, Marvel universe forward. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, I definitely think that's where they're headed. Um, I think, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna pick up, of course, there's been huge crossovers with Spider-Man and guardians of the galaxy in comics. So, you know, I think they're, they're ready to, you know, move those story arcs forward. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but you know, I'm just, I'm very excited because to me, this was, this was interacting with Tony Stark, who's kind of taken him under his wing, but still a yep. very solid standalone, uh, standalone movie. Agreed. Yeah, I, 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 dude. Yeah, without giving it away, didn't you think they used Stark slash Iron Man just about perfectly? Yeah. Um, yeah. He was in it enough to make it really cool, but he definitely didn't rob the, uh, didn't rob the Spider Man centrality from the movie at all. Exactly. Yep. Um, and I think the way he had to go after, and I, dude, I love Michael Keaton. I yes. just think he's he's yes. a fun actor to watch. He's got a a certain shtick to him. Yep. Um, yeah, and I don't want to give away spoilers to it all. And so, now, are you going to do anything like this with uh, 
our mutual friend, the other Nathan? Um, Are you going to cover any of these? I don't know if I'm going to end up doing that or not. Um, he's got a couple that he's wanted to have me on, but um, just timing hasn't worked out. So yep. we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he has me on. Um, I went and saw it with a friend who's been on this podcast before, Jason Loveless. He was on when uh, we interviewed Andy Collins um, and did her book Cities of Protection a few weeks ago. So he and I saw it together. We we may do something together on it, um, but we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Timing is always is always key for for everyone and everything. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. And I'll tell you, Nathan, see, the cool thing for, for me about these things is Lisa, as I've said many times, not a superhero gal. Yeah. Um, she doesn't hate him. I mean, she can if she watches it, she can she can suspend belief enough uh, to just appreciate it for what it is. But, you know, she's never going to choose if we're if we're looking at, uh, you know, on demand options one night. Sure, sure. If she sees Dr. Strange. Um, you know, uh, the Avengers and some people drama, you, you know how that's gonna, that's gonna play out, but right. having my boys at this perfect stage right now, it's, oh, uh, yeah. it's, you know, at least it's just a, it's a father's investment in his children. That's, that's right. the only reason I'm doing it. <laughs> no, no personal benefit to me at all. That's right. But, I uh, don't get anything out of this whatsoever. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, we've gotten dude into this little habit now where we go, you know, Thursday night. Yeah, you know, technically opens Friday, but now you know everybody shows them the Thursday night before. Yep. Um, so we're already counting down Thor, Ragnarok, nice, and uh, of course Star Wars. Yeah, dude, what a great year for these kind of movies. I know, I know. It's it's going to be you know it's going to extend out, and uh, from what I understand with Star Wars, this is going to be the last one that they release at Christmas. They're going to start going back to the May release dates. Oh, is that uh, right? Okay, yeah, which. I'd be interested to see if that's actually going to change things up um, with the amount of money that Star Wars makes because part of the reason why they've done so well is having this December release date. You haven't had any really big film releases with the Marvel Universe or anything like that. So. No, that's true because they, they tend to come out what uh, either in, in the summer. Yes. It seems like now you've got the May slot, yep. the, uh, the July slot. Or the early what is isn't Thor like early November? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they're kind of hitting the pre-Thanksgiving run. Yep. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, but dude, I'm pumped about that next Star Wars. Movie. Yes, yes, looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm. So uh, you know, Greg, when we were talking about your your last podcast and just what we wanted to do, this is kind of it. You know, just there there wasn't you know it was just kind of reflections and. And yeah. going through, uh, you know, what we what we kind of normally talk about, you know, movies that have come out and uh, different things like that. I um, want to move into, you know, talking about um, moments that you've enjoyed. You know, we tend to do this on our, our New Year's podcast, you know, year yeah. reflection and things like that. But, um, you know, we're we've got about two and a half years now. Um, under yeah. a belt of, of podcasting. And so just, you know, kind of going back to the beginning and looking over things, you know, some of your thoughts and, and reflections on all of that. Yeah. I'm glad Nathan, because I, I, I was thinking about this a lot in the last couple of days and yeah, thinking not just of the year, but really, I mean, going back, uh, you know, sometimes dude, I, I think, wow, God was so gracious to the two of us. Yeah. Cause let's be honest, dude, that blog thing we had, we talked about was never going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> long term, long term. I mean, I think you had a great plan. I, I, I'm, I'm not just being, you know, falsely humble here. I, I, 
I, uh, your plan was, hey, let's get a bunch of content uh, maybe three to six months ahead of time. And that would have covered us for a while. I fear at some point, um, you know. <laughs> Life would have taken <laughs> you, over. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. It's a lot easier to pick up a phone, hook into a laptop, and say, hey, you know, not a whole lot of time to write, shape, prepare, but we can always talk and just share in real time our thoughts on any number of subjects. Yeah. So, yeah. dude, that was just cool how that came about. Uh, yeah, you know, and it, the the timing of it. I mean, I I had been listening to Serial. Yep, had uh, started to see kind of a, a, a peaked interest in podcast. I mean, everybody was, you know, uh, uh, listening to Serial. It seemed like at that time, and it just, I'll tell you, dude. I think too the opportunity to interact. Think of some of the people we've talked with. We never would have done that through a a blog, more of a written uh, forum. No, um, no, yeah, I agree. And I think it would have been much harder to find a unique niche. Uh, but I think we found one here. And I think, um, you know, when I think back to some of the guys we've, we've, uh, we've uh, talked to, Zach, uh, Zach Eswine. Yep. Dude, you know, I, I almost said Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, remember that time we had Zach Efron on? That was great. Everybody will be scrambling back to see what we, you know, when did they have a Zach Efron on? <laughs> Yeah, when we were talking about High School Musical two uh, with Zach, that was yeah Zach Zach Eswine, who we never managed. That's a failure on my part. I, I feel like always wanted to get that dude back on. That was an early podcast. Remember, we talked about uh, Spurgeon's sorrows. Yes, um, and just a, a very unique take on depression. Yeah. Um, you know, even mental illness and, and really we did several podcasts on that topic over the last two and a half years, but I think the uh, launching pad was S wines podcast. And here's a cool guy pastoring a church in St. Louis. And do we wouldn't have been able to, to talk with him, uh, yeah. through a blog format. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's just one early one that really, really stands out. Uh, of course the many times we've had John frame on, yep. um, you know, all, all these opportunities we've had, just to talk to some really great, intelligent, thought-provoking people. Um, I mean, that's the thing, dude. I, um, uh, I mean, the thing I'm going to miss most is the cue sappy music. Is uh, <laughs> the 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 nice uh, you know sort of rhythm you and I found ourselves in yeah. every week. Yeah. And then of seeing each other each week to talk, catch up on life personally. Yeah. And then podcast. That's number one thing. Um, and, and and second thing, of course, is. Uh, me uh, being a little out of the loop talking to some of these very thought-provoking people, I'm certainly going to miss. But, yeah, um, dude, what a joy that's been these last two and a half years. Yeah, and, you know, such an interesting transition and twist that it took as well, you know, because we were initially starting off talking about, uh, you know, uh, adding – really there were three different segments in those earlier podcasts to what we were doing, some kind of – you know, national news thing that we were pulling out and talking about, then some kind of local news thing we were pulling out and talking about. And then we were bringing it home and talking more about a, an aspect of your sermon that, yeah. um, you know, just just something to enhance on a little bit more in the sermon that might have just been touched on, um, yeah. you know, and just how it developed and changed into, you know, what it's become. Um, which is, yeah. you know, you, you and I, uh, having other guests on and just, you know, talking about 
life and, you know, dealing with issues and how do we address people and how do we, you know, just how do we address other brothers in Christ? How do we just people that are not in Christ? And so to me, that was, you know, the, the great thing about the podcast is what it developed into. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It's funny, Nathan, until you said that I'd kind of forgotten. You're right. Those first few we did one little, and it showed like we, we, you know, we're just trying to think, okay, we need enough of a critical mass format to get ourselves running, you know, uh, you know, going down the track, the yeah. old, it's easier to steer a ship when it's, uh, out in the middle of the sea than when it's docked. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's right. I, uh, we would say, okay, what's something that came up in the sermon that could be more fully developed? And, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, in one sense, we've done that from the standpoint that, hey, in the aggregate of things, we've talked about things that I always say, man, on Sunday, I talked about such and such and didn't have time to go into the intermediate state. Right, um, right. Some of the finer points on the extent of Christ's atonement, like when we had Bruce Ware on. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I kind of forgot that's how <laughs> we started, dude. Uh, yeah, because that first podcast I listened to about a month ago because I, I thought, I want to go back and listen to that first podcast. And, uh, dude, man, the memories just flooded back in. You know, I think we were uh, – that first one I remember after a week or two, we're like, dude, we've had like, you know, 103 listens. Yeah. <laughs> something like that and uh, feeling really, really excited about it. And uh, we talked about Maryland politics. Governor yep. Hogan had been elected. It's Yeah, it's changed uh, – so so much but that's life man that's what i like i mean yeah yeah how many um how many marriages evolve how many parent kid relationships evolve um as you just start you know uh you know getting into some kind of a groove and routine and i'd say that's uh that's what we've done for sure um i think nathan the other thing that stands out to me was uh I haven't even told you this yet. You've probably noticed I've pulled back a little bit knowing that I'm kind of winding my role down here for, for the foreseeable future yep. um, from the social media stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to make the whole, this whole final podcast about social media there. There were some good and bad that came out of that. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a sensitive person, you know, that I can be hypersensitive at times. And, um, Man, for all the good of social media, which I'm fully for, particularly right. in how you can promote great stuff and, you know, our podcast partners and, and uh, you know, call attention to great thinkers and authors and speakers, um, you know, the opportunity to uh, pot shot people. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just the old thing that, you know. When when you're not in a room with a person, right? Now I I'm convinced if if we didn't have access to social media, and everything we've ever communicated negatively on social media to someone else about someone else, would it look the same if we were sitting in a room with? Them? Oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, yeah. we've talked about that before. You know, really, Facebook, Twitter, you know, affords an opportunity for cowards to become bullies. And, yeah, um, no doubt. You know, it really, it really is sad, you know, that people just in general, you know, will lack the self-control, you know, to throw something out there. And you would think it would be the opposite. You know, you would think that the time and effort it takes to sit down and craft, 
you know, something written would afford someone more of an opportunity to really think about what they're putting down and what they're about to send. You know, if I'm, you know, if I'm face to face with someone, I know that, you know, I'm much more likely to say something or do something stupid than if I'm sitting down at the computer, like, and I've got to think about how I want this to come across. That's It's a good point. But, That's a good point because you have the best – when you're in real time, you would think, well, uh, you know, here I'm in real time with a person. You can get heated. They're going to see your facial expression if, right. if you're upset or you're frustrated or whatever. Um, yeah, but the uh, – yeah, you would think, okay, I got all the time in the world. Well, that's why I have learned, Nathan, I think I've shared this, years ago. And for the most part, I've been able to stick with it. I never try to resolve conflict through email yeah. uh, or written communication. Uh, now, sometimes you have to because right. it might be distance, right. um, might be time. You know, I think I've shared before, years ago, we had a, a missionist at my other church. We had a missionary on the field that was in a pretty tricky situation, and um, he handled it like all of us would. He, he did some good things. Right. He did some not great things. And there were times that you'd get a report like, oh, man, why did he say that or do right. this? And, um, yeah, I mean, he's on the other side of the world. We really couldn't talk with him in any easy sense. So it was all through email. And I remember thinking, man, I wish we could sit down and, and, uh, nuance things more carefully, but it, it did make you think I got to really be careful. He, he, he's not going to hear my tone. Right. He's not going to see my posture. Right. So, if, you know, how, how's this going to come across to him? But, um, no, I think, you know, it's just common today, and we're all, we can all be guilty of it. Like, hey, I'm pissed off, so I'm going to sit down and draw blood with my keyboard. Right. Um, <laughs> and not necessarily think the guy on the other side is a, you know, uh, a struggling Christian like you are. And, right. Uh, you know, he's he's trying to love his family and serve in his church and, right. and live faithfully before God. And uh, it's just so easy to villainize people. Yeah. And I, I want our listeners, I, I don't feel that's been the, the, um, the overwhelming sense right. uh, of folks right. that have connected with us uh, online by, by no means it's been small, but dude, that's my nature. I'm, I always quote that Frazier episode where the, uh, you know, Frazier watches this think tank through a one way mirror that analyzes his radio show. Uh-huh. And like 11 people were like, Oh, it was wonderful. I got so much out of it. And this one little dude says, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and Frazier's Frazier's whole obsession uh, is with that one dude. Right. Right. Um, at least always says that is so you, <laughs> that is you, you could hear a hundred words of affirmation. And the one criticism <laughs> is going to keep you up all night. And I'm like, man, it's true. I'm, I'm, I, I guess, dude, I'm going to say something shocking. I'm needy and need Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I'll say, you know, when you podcast and you, you start, you know, developing a little audience and, and have opportunities for real exchange and dialogue. It's just going to come with the territory. It's, it's no different than a church in that sense. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, our whole journey with the uh, pub, for instance, had its highs and lows. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, some of those lows, I'll be honest, they, they've, they've left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, I'm not crippled by it, but, uh, it it was a a reawakening in my mind of oh yeah this this stuff 
happens. Right. Um, yeah. But you're tougher than I am, man. Honestly. Well, um, it's funny because, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, you know, to be honest with you, but I just don't care. Right. You know, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's annoying because because to me, it just shows a lack of immaturity with people uh-huh. when, um, you know, when when, you know, people start talking, you know, and, and Steve and I just, uh, you know, you and I are recording this one um, uh, early. And so, you yeah. know, if you go back. And listen, um, Steve Hartland and I did one on creeds, you know, yeah. um, little bit of a, of a, you know, uh, gut punch to, you know, uh, the reform pub and how much they hold to creeds and confessions. Yeah. Um, but also just, you know, to, to really get people thinking, and, and that's the whole point of this podcast is to get people thinking, you know what, there's some wording in those creeds that is out of date, there are some yeah. things in those creeds that aren't completely covered. And you've you and I have talked about this before online, Greg, that you know, creeds are creeds are are good uh statements of I believe, they're good confessions of what we believe with problems. And until yeah. we acknowledge the fact that they are not inspired scripture and they don't get the same accord as inspired scripture, then this is always going to be an issue in the church. Yeah. And to me that's sad. You know, a statement yeah. that that a group of men have decided is important to emphasize um you know, and again, it's a scriptural statement. There's nothing wrong with it, but these are the things that they deem are important. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, shouldn't we be going through all of scripture and saying the whole thing's important? You know, right. but these are right. these are the issues that you deem are important and need clarification. Um Right. And and until we can just acknowledge that you know what, not everyone needs clarification on on you know many of those points, and there are issues with some of those things. And you know what, maybe it's time that we have a council or a group that come together and say, you know what, we need to update the creeds. We need a modern version of the creeds that covers certain things. You know, Steve and I were talking about you know the whole issue with what we see now with transgenderism. You know, yeah. those aren't mentioned anywhere in the creeds, you right. know? So isn't it time that somebody goes in there and updates that to include the things that we're seeing in culture and society today with those things? Dude, that is a great, great point. I, I think of um, the whole nature of addiction yeah. is um, in many ways a newer phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, people have always been able to be addicted, but we, we know it's a it's a societal epidemic. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, prescription drugs, alcohol, you know, illicit, illegal drugs, I right. mean, wh- whatever it is, there is a, there's, you know, porn. I mean, there, there's so many things now. Um, and I remember hearing a guy at my seminary one time said, yeah, it's like we need a theology of addiction. And I think that's just right, dude. I know I'm not trying to redo your creeds podcast, right? right. unless you want to talk about Apollo creed. That's, uh, <laughs> we'll save that for something in the future, but that's right. Um, the the yeah that something written centuries ago of course it has value uh but i mean my word we're continuing right to yeah reform i'd I'd like to think if the lord doesn't return in 200 years that this current generation can help 
future generations the way people that did uh, the the Westminster uh, yeah. uh, Confession or the Heidelberg Catechism have helped us. Yeah. Um, clarifying important critical issues. Um, I'd like to think we could do the same for folks in the future. And part of it, uh, Nathan, that is so frustrating. Th- th- I'm just going to, since it's my last official podcast, play it out. <laughs> Everybody you talk to about these things is smart. Yeah. So nobody's ever going to say, um, I put the uh, the Heidelberg Catechism on par with Scripture. Right. Nobody's ever going to say that. Right. But we know that many people are doing it. Right. Um, and it's tricky because you have to say that generally because the moment I get specific, right. it, it, you, you've probably crossed the line with judging somebody's heart. Right. So, but I... <laughs> But I'm just going to say, I know people are doing it. Right. You know people are doing it. Right. Um, and, and it's more the effect. It's more the regularity with which they reference their favorite creed. It's more right. the uh, the ease with which they they know, you know, section four, subsection B uh, of a particular uh, faith statement. Right. Um, but come on. I mean, you're 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 treating this on par with Scripture. Right. But when you say that, oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And, right. you know, and then they're going to have a stock answer. And right. uh, it gets frustrating. It gets it, it gets frustrating. I thing I'm appreciating more in people is self-awareness. Yeah. Um, when people would say, hey, uh, it may be that I'm referencing this too much um, and call me out on it. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. feel free or at least make that a category that you're allowed to address. But uh, I think it's this desire that is innate to all of us. I think it's part of our fallenness yeah. to be right. Yeah. I, 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 being right is the most important thing. And dude, I'm going to be honest. I'm not so sure that's true. Yeah. Um, I'll say it is on the major things, right? Yeah. We want to be right about salvation. We right. Wanna, right. We want to be right about our understanding of God's character yeah. Um, I recommend people all the time to do a thorough study on eschatology sometime because in the reformed circle, that's the one area where there there's no consensus. Yeah. Um, tip, tip, I would say there's consensus usually that dispensational premillennialism, you know, of the Tim LaHaye variety and the uh, John Walvoord variety and the uh, Left Behind series variety. Okay, there's a consensus among most Reformed people that that's not right. Yeah. Um, but when you ask them, so what is right? You're going to get some variation of amillennialism, postmillennialism, theonomic, non-theonomic, historic, classical premillennialism, the role of Israel in the future. Well, maybe there is something for national Israel. Maybe there is something for ethnic Jews. It's not what the dispensationalists say. The gradations across the board, and I'll throw out some names, Jonathan Edwards, uh, John Murray, Charles Spurgeon, um, John Calvin, um, you know, you just study those guys' eschatology. Find for me a consensus. You can't find it. Yeah. Um, it is as diverse as the day is long. And I think, you know what? I'm at a – here's where I am on it, Nathan. I know what I don't believe. Right. I know what I lean towards. And I'm cool letting that stay a little bit unsettled. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think that area more than uh, any others can show, wow, we're all looking at the same Bible. 
Yeah. <laughs> we, we hopefully we all hold it as the inspired and errant word of God. Right. But um, that issue illustrates, even in the Reformed community, a great deal of diversity. So I no longer accept that there's a Reformed view of worship. Yeah. That there's a Reformed view of quote unquote prayer or quote unquote Christian living. I just I don't subscribe to that. I think it's foolishness. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm being a little strong today, dude. <laughs> hey, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like one of the things that I became, you know, that that was just very disappointing is reformed people have a hard time living in the question, you know, yeah. like living comfortably with the fact that they don't have all the answers and they're not going to get all the answers, you know. Right. Yeah, the the Bible is the inspired word of God. There's no doubt about it. But there's still some confusing stuff that we are not going to comprehend as we are, you know, reading through that. I mean, you know, the Trinity is a perfect example. You know, find one person who can fully explain what the Trinity is and what it means and all the nuances in the theology of the Trinity to give a clear outlying explanation of it. Yeah, yeah. If if somebody says they've got it, they're lying to you. Oh, dude, absolutely. I mean, well, we saw that when we had Bruce Ware on. Remember to talk about that ESF. Do I have yeah. that right? E, e, or EFS, eternal functional subordination. Uh, yeah, yeah. That this is a and you, you read some of the literature on that stuff on either side, and you will think that they're fighting for justification by faith alone. Right. Um, and I'm like, wait a minute, man. This is just this. We're, Clearly dealing in an area that you're only going to get so much clarity. Shockingly, believe it or not, the eternality of God, his character, and his without beginning, without end existence, there's going to be some uh, differences of conviction on how that plays out in our finite minds. Yeah. Um, And it's almost weird to read some of this stuff, I mean, how quickly people say, oh, this guy's a heretic. Bruce Ware is a heretic because he said such and such. Right. Um, it's weird. It's, it's almost like what concerns me about that believer's perspective is, in their mind, is God the Father carrying a, uh, a clipboard? Right. Um, and sort of pacing around heaven, watching people's view of any number of subjects right. and taking notes. I, I, I know I'm being a bit extreme there, but that's, that's the, that's the picture I get of, of the picture they're projecting. Right. Um, and so I love dude, just to bring it back home, that one of the goals we've always had is to say, um, and I don't want to say it's unique to us because I think the happy rant does this very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little shout out to them since they, they definitely inspired us and were a catalyst to us. Yeah. Uh, although we're, we're different ourselves, but, uh, you know, reformed flavor, um, without this sort of bunker, um, these are the lines of demarcation. We've got it right. Right. Um, and we're going to kind of podcast or speak and dialogue from the insider's right perspective. Uh, like, Ooh, just gives me the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to do that. I just, uh, I've loved hearing different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, even when we had Marcy Preheim on, uh, yeah. and I've, I've had a year to reflect on that. I, mean, I think I pretty much know where I disagree with Marcy. Right. Um, but man, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is it's been great having people on that you look at and, you know, I think about having Chris date on, who was probably 
outside of uh, Tully and Chavigian, our most controversial uh, person we've had on the podcast, you know, and just how many people, oh, he's a heretic, he blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, we, we just, we throw that word around too frequently. Yeah. <laughs> just sure throw do. it around too frequently, you know, and I, I look at scripture in all the times, you know, where, where Paul speaks about heresy it's it's the denial of the power of jesus christ in the gospel of salvation yeah you know yeah and so oh yeah it's got to affect something i agree dude at that level yeah um you know i mean paul's paul's gentler with corinth on their mishandling of the resurrection yeah you know what i mean yeah i mean if you think about it the only one that he he uh the only church as has been commonly noted that he doesn't uh, commend is the Galatian church. Yeah. Um, and understandably it was, he calls it, it was a different gospel. Yeah. But dude, no such comment for the Corinthians. Yeah. Um, which is clearly, I mean, dude, if your church is like Corinth, <laughs> that's a pretty unhealthy church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, but he, he doesn't, uh, he starts with that, you know, wonderful section, those first nine verses of commendation. Uh, and then he goes to the task of correcting and teaching, you know? And right. says, nope, nope, you're wrong. You're wrong about spiritual gifts. And he, right. he's not afraid to mince words. You guys should have put this guy out uh, yeah. who, uh, you know, has had this sexual relationship probably with his stepmother. Right. Um, you know, and you should have done it. I mean, he, he's he's not uh, politically correct by any means. But um, I don't know. He just seemed more comfortable with the messiness yeah. of Christians living life in a fallen world. Uh, that they're going to have a lot of <laughs> doctrinal deficiencies, <laughs> a lot of moral and ethical deficiencies. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he saves the big guns for the Galatians. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Who, ironically, I've always argued, dude, were likely more moral and stringent about ethics. Yeah. Uh, if I'm reading the Judaizers correctly. Right. Um, Right. So, I mean, on the outside, I bet people would have very well thought, hey, the church is at Galatia. I mean, they, they're far healthier than the church at Corinth. And I'm like, are they? Right. You know, and I right. think that's that's one of the questions the reader's supposed to infer. Um, you well, know, so, yeah, I've loved, dude, the these go to 11 messy, maybe that comfortable with messiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is, is something I think we'd uh, we'd like to to embrace. Yeah, absolutely. And Steve and I were talking about that, you know, when when he first um, came on and just saying, you know, we we love to talk about the freedoms we have in Christ. You know, not everything is this black and white um, for all people at all times that, you know, what might be a freedom for one brother to do in terms of what they eat or drink or even watch <laughs> Game of Thrones, yeah. um, isn't a freedom for someone else. And that's okay. That we are not all called and we, and, and, you know, God seems to be perfectly fine with, you know, allowing there to be differences in what people watch and what people eat and what people drink. And so yeah. why shouldn't we be okay with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, one man considers this day different than the other. I mean, that's, yeah. um, uh, absolutely. I mean, the uh, the diversity you see, not just in the church, that's just common sense. But right, the New Testament is is so clear um, that we should expect these things to happen. And I, I don't know, to me, they make it 
they make it joyful, adventurous. Yeah. Um, I love, I was talking with somebody recently, uh, Nathan, uh, newer. Well, I'm, I'm not even entirely sure the person's a believer. Uh-huh. Uh, and one of the things he said to me, uh, was that, Hey, Jesus is kind of like my coach, you know, cause he was trying to understand Christianity and it's funny, you know I mean? And there is a sense in which, and I, I'm sure I've done it. I can rail on, um, you know, life coach preaching, right? You know, where Jesus is a coach and the Bible's a manual. But it's funny that has its place when you're talking to a guy who might be encountering Christ the first time, right? Just funny how, like, I I took that as a positive, yeah. Um, because here's a guy who wasn't thinking about Jesus, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, and now he's thinking about him, um, and he's trying to make sense. We would say, right, for better theological terms, say that what something like. Uh, the extent of Jesus' lordship. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's using terms that, <coughs> excuse me, are available to him. Right. And I just thought, this is awesome. You know, I yeah. didn't feel a need <coughs> to correct him and say, now, now wait a minute. Um, he's not a coach. Right. He's the lord. Um, you know what I mean? I just yeah. thought, yeah, talk to me more about that. And yeah. I just wonder... <coughs> If we got more comfortable with those. So these folks that are using terms that are accessible to them is how it should be. You know, they're, they're literally considering Jesus in their own thought world. Um, I heard another guy, I think it was Jeff Vanderstilt, uh, with Soma, Soma communities, um, out in, uh, Washington state, I think Tacoma, Washington. Uh He, uh, he's a big missional communities guy or, you know, small groups guy. And he was sharing that he was talking to a young woman who was, again, kind of encountering the gospel the first time. Not sure yet if she was even saved, but they were talking and uh, she said something like, yeah, I've been thinking, Jeff, a lot of what you are saying. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus is my father. And he said you could almost hear the collective gasp because, you know, that we're not used to that. Right. Um, hearing that. And then he just kind of thought about where she was. And then in his mind, he did this quick little mental kind of calculation. He goes, well, you know what? I mean, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Right. And he said something to her like, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You right. I mean? It's, yeah. It's, you don't have to rush in there. Right. And word police everything. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you do. I mean, if a person is saying something, Again, it's not the words, it's the concept of a person is saying, yeah, I realize now that I do work my way to heaven and that God weighs my good deeds against my bad deeds, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. We need to, that's not word policing, that's soul policing, you know. Right. Uh, the, the person's really on the wrong path. But um, I don't know. I think, uh, and I'll say, dude, I mean, when I wrote Killing Calvinism, and basically shared my main flaws, uh, which were many in my years. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, I felt deputized by God, by sound theological thinkers, to word police everybody I ever encountered. Right, right. Uh, so I was quick to point out that, no, we don't say good luck. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was quick to... Uh, to point out that, no, we don't win people to Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit does. You know, I felt that that was sort of my role, to be a faithful Christian right. 
I needed to word police my friends, folks in, in that I was fellowshipping with in church. And I don't know, isn't it a joy to not feel like you need to do that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, shortly before leaving school, just having a conversation with my students about, you know, about words and about vocabulary and things like that. And I was talking to them about the word awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I was trying to get them to understand just, you know, because they're constantly being told that they're good kids. They're good. They're good. They're good. And I, you know, I looked at one of my students who had a question and I said, if you, if you never get to the point where you understand that you're not good, how are you mm-hmm. going to get to the point where you understand how much you need Christ? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and he looked at me and he thought about that. He's like, wow, you know, that's, that's true. You know, I never, I never really thought about that before. And I said, you know, now don't get me wrong. You know, we, we are constantly using and misusing words all the time, but we do need to have an understanding of words, you know, and, and I told him, you know, I misuse the word awesome all the time. You know, really yeah. awesome should only be used to describe God. And I use it to describe the pizza that I had yesterday right. for lunch, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, you know, I said, but we need to understand and truly understand who we are, because if you're constantly being told that you're good, then you're never going to understand how bad you are and how much you need a savior. Um, and so, you know, can I make a comment that you are a good student and be ambiguous? Yes. Well, what is it? What does being a good student mean? Well, I could refer to your, how you perform academically, you know, that you, you do well academically, you know, things are, things are going well for you academically. I could be referring to how you interact with other classmates. I could be, you know, um, but, you know, understanding that that is an ambiguous word and, you know, uh, we, you know, we need to bring some clarity into things that we say with that, you know? Yes. Um, and so to me, you know, that would be an example of what you're talking about, Greg, where, you know, this is, this is something that if we overuse this and we, you know, we call kids or we call students or we call each other good, we're missing the mark of the gospel, because right. we're not good, um, you know, but that's also not something that's not a conversation that, you know, you go around word policing everyone who says, you know, of course, oh, they're good of kids. They're yeah, good. That's the key. You know, yeah. this is, you know, we, we have the clarifying conversations in discipleship one on one. Yeah. You know, that's where those conversations allow the students or allow people to think about the things that they say and then reinterpret their theology uh, hopefully, according to scripture. Yes, dude, brilliant point, brilliant point. Uh, in the context of discipleship, I, I think that is the key. And it, you know, that's one of the things uh, I've loved about what uh, you know, the guests we've had, Nathan. Sometimes differing viewpoints is it, it it emphasizes this theme of balance, which I think is an important biblical theme. I really do. Yeah. Um, and just uh, you know, because I always say for every axiom for lack of a better word in scripture, it seems there's a counterbalancing axiom, right? Like the classic is love believes all things, hopes all things. We've talked about that before. Um, So I genuinely believe a fair application of that. I've always told people if I'm walking down the hallway uh, at church uh, and uh, somebody says, good morning, Greg. And I, I rush by them. You know, I urge people, Hey, make a, make it your default setting to have a charitable judgment. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, 
Greg's never been a jerk to me before. Uh, uh, I shouldn't assume that he's just overnight become a horrible human being or he's, he's self-centered. Maybe he just got an, a, a really upsetting phone call. Right. That somebody in the church is sick or near death or, right. you know, may, maybe he's sick and running to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> you know, it just before church starts, he's got to get himself fixed up or, you know, there, there could be any number of things. Right. Uh, so I say, but that's not absolutized because Jesus tells us to be discerning. Right. To not cast our pearls before swine. You know, uh, how, how do they work? Because, you know, wh- which one do you apply there? Well, this guy seems to be a phony. I'm going to make a charitable judgment. I, and to me, that's the wisdom of Proverbs, right? Is, yeah. Is the difference between knowledge and wisdom is, uh, you know, sort of when is knowledge applied in what situations, uh, what fact, uh, pardon me, what factors should determine whether I speak here or don't speak here. Right. Uh, so I think balance is a key theme. And your, your example that you just gave says, yeah, it's not that we never word police, uh, right. you know, for lack of a better word. And I think a better term is just like you said, discipleship. Yeah. But I know for a fact, uh, I think I've shared before, Nathan, I used to say, even as a pretty semi-seasoned Christian, when I heard a woman was pregnant um, or had the baby, uh, hey, boy or girl, you know, oh, uh, if it's before the pregnancy, we don't know yet or we're not sharing. Hey, it doesn't matter as long as it's healthy. Right. Um, you know, I, I had found myself saying that. It's a kind of a have a nice day sentiment. Right. Uh, and a friend of mine, you know, just brought it up one time. And I don't even think it was uh, necessarily singling me out. I thought, yeah, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what yeah. if the baby isn't healthy? Right. Uh, what if the baby's missing a limb? But I don't feel my j- job is to word police that in the moment. I know in the moment, uh, if somebody says that to me um, when Lisa was expecting or something, they just they mean something positive and encouraging right. and affirming. Right. And I can smile and in some other venue address that. Right. Um, Because, dude, is there anything worse than, like, when you're rebuked in the middle of a polite, mild interaction? (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) I've I've mentioned before, I think, and forgive uh, me listeners if you've heard it, but when Lisa said to a guy at our church years ago, you know, oh, you must be so proud of your grandson. You know, and here she is. She doesn't know the guy. Just wanted to make a nice impression on him, add to his joy that his son had read a scripture or something in the service or his grandson had. And then said, well, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that I was proud. Right. <laughs> I, I would say, and he really thought about it, that I am rejoicing in the Lord's work in this young man's life. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you, you. Never mind. Yeah. Um, thank you for making me to feel uncomfortable in a very right. normal uh, you know, uh, human interaction, right. Uh, right. Aiming to be, encu- you know, uh, uh, encouraging it's, there's a time and a place. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and it's, and that's why dude, we've always maintained, I just can't, I, I thank God that he moves his kingdom on because we're just weird sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the weird things. Matt Smith said once to me that he, um, he was talking to a guy, a non-Christian guy who was saying something, and Matt used the phrase, I never thought about this, but isn't this an internal Christian speak thing? He said, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying. Let me challenge you on that. And he said the guy had the weirdest reaction, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we realize that's that's not generally used 
in the non-Christian world. Maybe on a sports team or some aggressive think tank where you're supposed to challenge ideas. Right. But in regular day-to-day, you're just out with a buddy at Taco Bell. You don't normally say, you know, let me challenge you on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Matt said he never forgot that. Like, oh, that's a phrase I'm probably not going to bust out outside of uh, my small group or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, like you said, that's to me, that's the key is, you know, you have small groups, discipleship, you know, if if somebody is, you know, pouring their heart out to me, you know, and even a believer, you know, I had a friend of mine um, who's a believer and you know, was just kind of pouring his heart out to me and, you know, was talking about, you know, baptism and yeah, you know, I'm I'm so glad, you know, I didn't know till after my father passed away that he was, you know, saved. And I was just like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. And it's like, how'd you find that? He's like, well, I found his baptism certificate. This, Uh, This is a guy that like, I don't know real well. Yep. And, um, you know, in that moment, he's just, He's just looking for someone to pour his heart out on. Do totally I agree. do I sit there and like, what do you mean by that? Like, do you mean like, you know, because first of all, as Christians, we all develop our own shorthand of the way we say things. To this person, yeah. he could have just very well meant that, you know, baptism is a symbol of of a person's salvation. And so why would he have this unless he was saved? Um, you know, so am I going to sit there in that moment and then just start questioning, you know, what he means by his father being saved and all that? No, I mean, you know, could I? Yeah, but I, I, I consider myself to be a, you know, douchebag if I did, (laughs) you know, because that's not the time and place for it, you know? And I feel like as reformed people, I don't feel like we need to have the urgency to always correct, to always say, well, if I don't have an opportunity to witness to this person in this instance, now they're going to die and go to hell. You know, like there's an urgency of preaching the gospel, but that's in the way we live our lives. That's with the people that we encounter in our lives, you know? And so I just, I look at friends of mine who are not, um, who are not reformed and you know, they feel like if they haven't witnessed to the person that they've had a four hour bus drive with, you know, then they've condemned them to hell, you know? And at the end of the day, like, I don't feel that pressure. I don't, I feel the freedom to have a four hour conversation with a stranger and never once bring up the gospel. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, Because I know that there are other times where I'm going to be in those situations and the gospel will be brought up and it'll be natural. It won't be forced, you yes. know? Yeah. I mean, I remember a conversation I had. It was two hours. Uh, a tow truck driver was, you know, bringing my car to the auto place and he just started asking me questions. He asked me what I did at the time. I was a Bible teacher. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And he started talking about church and about the Bible and I had an opportunity to just completely lay out the gospel Absolutely. Um, you know, and so for me, it was like this was a natural thing. He brought it up. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out, you know, seeking it. But, you know, th- this is what God had for me on that day. And I was ready to give a reason for the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but, you know, always feeling like we need to correct everything at all times. 
and can I dare say even bad theology? Because again, I don't know this person very well. Yeah, This isn't being done in the context of discipleship. This would be being in the context of me having a superior knowledge to this person. Even if it's right, it's still being done in the context of having superior knowledge to this person. Yes. Um, yes. And classic. Um, I, uh, years ago, was uh, – she might not have thought she was scolding me. I felt a little scolded. Because I was uh, observed in a viewing setting of a funeral that I was doing. Uh-huh. Of, uh, it was kind of weird to be watched like this. But um, one of the grieving family members said to me, well, I know he's in a better place. And as far as we knew, this guy wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of squeezed her hand. That's it. You know, and just right. said, kind of reiterated that I'm sorry for your loss. Right. And this other woman who's, who's not a nasty woman. I don't, I really don't want to one dimensionalize her. Right. Um, she talked to me about it and was basically, she said, Oh, I was kind of surprised, but I felt it was more like I was disappointed that right. I didn't correct that. I'm like, really? Right. So l- l- let's, w- let's walk through that scenario, Nathan, in real time. Right. Here's the woman whose loved one has just passed. I think it was a sister or a niece. Yeah. Uh, if I remember, this is going back to the early two thousands. And uh, it was clearly grief struck, uh, thanked me for doing the service because I was sort of called in as a you know, didn't really have a pastor. And it was through uh, another member of our church who was connected to this family. So I'm there and I'm you know sort of receiving her thanks. No, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss, trying to deflect attention. Right. So here's a guy uh, that she doesn't know. I, I, in other words, I'm not a a gospel Pez dispenser. Right. That, that's not right. how I understand myself uh, in those situations. I'm a person <clears throat> who's called to show compassion, to represent the presence of Christ, the love of Christ amidst people in unbelievable grief. And just imagine them. Well, you know, actually, if your uh, brother slash uncle, um, you know, whoever it was, uh, did not receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior and Lord, He's not in a better place. Yeah, um, he's facing God's God's judgment. Really, really. Right. And at that moment, her react. Some would say, "Well, that's the gospel, and you trust the Lord to do His word and that sort of thing." Um, wonder how intellectually honest these people are. Is that what they do in a job interview? Do that? Well, that's an opportunity to tell that boss if he doesn't right. repent. Right, he's going to hell. Come on. Right. Right. I yeah. guarantee you, if you examine that person's life, you'll find one area where they say, well, this isn't the time or place. Right. Um, right. So well, I'm shocked sometimes. It's like I feel, no, no, I didn't feel I was compromising the gospel. I mean, I think you have to be cautious if I simply said to her, oh, you're absolutely right. He is. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going too far. Right. Um, right. But there's a way to just receive what they say, affirm, express support. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to share the gospel the next day at the memorial service. Right. Um, right. Without saying, oh, by the way, this guy right. <laughs> doesn't seem like he ever, ha- you know, encountered Christ this way. Yeah. Um, you know, you can talk about Jesus. Uh, I mean, uh, that's why I love John 11, dude. If you ever have a doubt of Jesus is moved by grieving people. Yeah. Uh, it's there because you, you – Yes, there's a sense in which I think he's grieving Lazarus. I've always taken that more. I mean, when you know you're going to, re- you know, bring the dude back to life, right? Um, 
I, I would think you're suppressing giddiness, you know, you're right. You're, uh, I've shared that before. I love being in those spots where you're about to tell somebody life changing news you know, yeah. and, uh, give them a great report. Uh, it's kind of fun to say, Oh, I'm going to drop it now. Um, but he, he clearly, when he sees others grieving is moved by it. So I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to be my role here. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, anyway, what I love though, what we're even doing now in this podcast, Nathan, this is what I've loved about the last two and a half years. Yeah. Um, I feel like, oh, let's take normal conventional Christian things and let's really examine them. What's, yeah. what's good. And don't you think a lot of what we do is kind of discern what's biblical and what's cultural? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think those are, you know, I think that's, those are important, um, you know, important distinctions to make, you know, is what are the things that, you know, how, how do we integrate, um, the Bible into our culture without compromising it, you know, and that's the key. Like when people talk about, Oh, you know, there, there's no integration, blah, 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 blah. You know, the Bible should stand on its own. And it's like, yeah, but, but culture is constantly changing, you know, and that's, you know, anyone who, who wants to sit there, you know, Billy Graham is one of the first people who ever decided that he was going to use cultural things in order to bring the gospel to the relevant cultures and societies, you know, radio, television, using all mediums in order to proclaim the gospel to reach culture. Um, you know, yeah. Why, why not? Why not use the things that we know and experience and see in culture in order to reach others for the gospel? Um, you know, and so to me, that's, you know, that's the great thing about, you know, what we're doing in terms of the podcast using a medium that is relevant to today's society, but also just what we do in general and looking at culture and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, there there are times, you know, and that's isn't that what Paul did with uh, Timothy and um, uh, was it Barnabas where Barnabas, he has him circumcised and Timothy. Oh, Timothy and Titus. Yeah, Timothy and Titus. Yes. You know, Timothy's circumcised. Titus, he doesn't because, you that's know, right. it's like, hey, you're going into this culture and you're going to be preaching the gospel to these people and we don't want there to be a stumbling block. You're going into yep. this culture and in this society and we don't want you to be a stumbling block. Dude, a hundred percent. And we've joked, I think we've joked about it before. I'm always thinking. Yeah, Lord, please let me be Titus in that scenario. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I, dude, classic example there, too, because in the one case, Paul's not going to give an iota on the gospel. Right. If the Judaizers want Timothy circumcised, right, it would confirm that, yes, Paul has to admit, yeah, we do have to add some ceremony or works to the gospel. Right. And Paul says, man, I'm going to die on that hill. In the case of... Uh, of a uh, of a man that's going to um, uh, be, I'm sorry, Timothy is circumcised, yeah, so that would have uh, would have uh, applied to Titus. In the case of a man who's going to be ministering to predominantly Jewish people, right. and Paul knows, and that's kind of again, we always give more uh, wiggle room, I think, to the unbeliever who we're trying to reach. Yes, and if 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 these uh, Jewish folks that have yet to be evangelized, if that becomes a stumbling block, if it confuses them, Paul says, just take away the confusion. Right. Um, you know, just just take it away. And uh, in this case, look, why why have some diversion? Uh, this is something that would have been a stumbling block for unbelievers. Those who should know better who claim to embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ like the Judaizers, 
it's a different thing. So I always think of what do, you know, and, and that's a point I think Steve makes on a regular basis on this podcast, which I've loved is there's very few things. Um, there are some things, but they're important, but the list is a lot smaller than most Christians have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Most, what is, uh, you know, I, I get that question. What is this church's view on blank? I'm like, it really doesn't have one. Right. Uh, I, and honestly, I surprised. Well, we don't have a position paper on uh, whether or not you can go to Atlantic City right. and spend a weekend there and and take it. We don't have a position paper on that. Right. We don't have a position paper on where you send your kid to school. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and why? And the point there is because the Bible, I think, doesn't say much about those things. Right. Uh, and again, we're left up to the the joy of a free relationship with Christ, our conscience. Yeah. Um, and do that's that's what I love that you and Steve are just so resonant on that as the three of us are yeah. and are going to kind of take that to analyze every topic under the sun yeah. that you guys will tackle in the in the coming days. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited about that. Man, don't want to don't want to hang up and let go. But, uh, you know, I know yeah, me either, dude. I know you got a lot going on today and, um, you know, this was, this was a nice, uh, nice kind of closing out as your, you know, full-time co-host position here on the show. Um, so, you know, really glad we were able to dive in and, and look at, you know, a lot of these different things. So dude, dude you, my friend are like, as I said, like cue the sappy music again. <laughs> The uh, the hardest thing, uh, and we've been in the zone for, for several months now. Dude, we haven't been able to see each other yeah. weekly, and uh, you know we see each other at church, and uh, you know some some alternate times uh, in between. But uh, yeah, I'm going to get this kind of new groove going for the fall. My schedule is going to look a little different. I'm I'm doing some uh, some other things in some other areas. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, we'll just kind of uh, see how it works. I uh, I don't. I love to be able to say it's not a goodbye. It's a catch you later. Right. Um. Uh, and I, I mean that, you know, I, we've already talked about some things beyond this sort of official ending, Yes, uh, but it's a soft ending. Dude. Yes. Um, uh, Lord hasn't called me home. That's right. Uh, you know, and in this day and age, uh, he, you know, he could call either of us out of state. And yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to being uh, a chiming in presence in the coming days, but if I can do it, I want to thank the, uh, thank the audience. Uh, Probably the audience as it stands today looks different than the audience it did a year ago, and that's podcasting. People kind of come and go, and they yep. they tune in for a while, and you lose some folks. You pick up new ones. Some old ones come back. So whoever's hearing this, uh, man, thank you. If you're brand new, I can uh, I can promise you the East Coast 11 is going to keep rocking and uh, putting out great content, having great guests, and uh, great conversations, and I think you'll benefit from listening in from time to time. And if you're uh, an oldie and a classic, thank you for hanging on with us through all this transition. Yeah, absolutely. All right, dude. We're going to go ahead and sign off now. We just rock the Casbah. As always. These go to 11.